Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview Great Falls offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. From the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. And those U.S. strikes in eastern Syria overnight, conducted by American F-16s against Iranian-linked positions in eastern Syria. At this base, U.S. Secretary Lloyd Austin releasing a statement saying, quote, these narrowly tailored strikes in self-defense were intended solely to protect and defend U.S. personnel in Iraq and Syria. They are separate and distinct from the ongoing conflict between Israel and Hamas. This is significant because since the conflict developed on October 7th, following that massacre here in southern Israel, we've seen a number of attacks on not just Israeli interests across the region, but also American interests. One of the first things I did when I heard about these attacks by the U.S. in the Middle East is I went to Mike Lyons' Twitter feed, at M-A-G, Major Mike Lyons, M-A-G Mike Lyons, uh, to see what he had to say about it. And I thought, well, we got to have him on the radio today to see where we are with that. Mike, welcome to the Armstrong and Getty Show again. Thanks for having me. Good to be back. So, how big a deal is this? I so I'm a I'm a complete layman on this stuff. It just doesn't feel like enough with the number of times that Iran has struck us. But what what are your feelings as a guy who knows what he's talking about? No, it's not. I had a conversation over the weekend with a couple of uh, former colleagues, and it's like it's about time. And uh, you know, the fact of the matter is, they have been attacking U.S. forces there. Iran is the most responsible country for. U.S. Uh, soldier deaths within Iraq when we were there from you know 2003 through 2011. I mean the IEDs and everything they did 
we've done nothing. And then a lot of it is we just continue to believe that all of a sudden we're going to wake up and the Iranians are going to be friendly and they're going to change and something's going to be different. But uh, just not the case. Um, if you're a soldier in combat right now in Syria or in Iraq, and it's a combat zone, you're concerned about what's the, you know, what is the gov- our government doing to protect you there? Uh, aside from, you know, maybe some vehicles, we, we obviously hear that there's an individual was killed in a, in a, in a bomb shelter, but that's nice. But at, at some point, again, enough is enough. And um, right now, this, the whole gamble, the whole assumption is that uh, the Iranians are not going to escalate. They're not going to do anything to force an escalation. Um, so they continue to go around with they, you know, the margins here and make small little things. But at some point, again, enough's enough. They, they have to decide, just like Israel. Israel's decided enough's enough. They're not going to do lather, rinse, repeat this time. They're not stopping in Gaza. They're not going to take any pressure. They're not going to take any pressure from the outside world. They're just not going to. They're just going to keep going. So... As you said, Iran was uh, behind a whole bunch of uh, attacks and deaths mm-hmm. of, of Americans, well, for a long, long time. So w- yeah. what is the hesitation with the United States facing off against Iran? What, what is their military capability? Yeah, no, it's not much. It's more from the sky. It, it would be missile-based. Um, it's regional it's uh you know it's it's the terror funding that they do it, they they don't provide an existential threat to us and i think i think the the problem is we're psychologically disarmed from them because we would destroy them and the rest of the world would say what's going on in the united states like why did you do this M- meanwhile they continue to kill our soldiers and 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 harm our allies and do all these things so again we've got to decide enough's enough and We've got to, you know, you know, somebody used this expression, we have to punch them in the nose. Well, kind of what does that mean? You know, do we attack their Pentagon? Do we attack their, their capability to, um, to manufacture oil and petroleum? So if we do that, though, it upsets the economic balance of power. Um, You've got to think that we would need allies to do this. And I think that ally is Israel. So, so that fuse gets lit, right, October 7th, and that fuse is continuing to burn right now. So the question is, what, what more will the Iran do? Will they back down? The assumptions are that Iran's going to back down. They're not going to do much more. Uh, but we have to just see. Uh, well, do you agree with that assumption or not? I, I don't think it's a good assumption to make from a military preparedness perspective, no. I think that, uh, let's say the Israelis, when they decide to go, so, so Israel wants to fight its kind of war. They don't want to fight the war Hamas wants them to fight, right? So they're going to do this ground war when they're good and ready, and, and that's going to mean they've got um, either better intel on the hostages, that they, they're going to be assured that they're going to win, that they're not going to take a lot of casualties. But once that starts and they commit there, then who knows what happens in the north? Who knows then if the Iranians decide to help Hezbollah more and they encourage them, and next thing you know, they've opened up another front to the north, and now Israel is already facing an existential threat. So I, don't, I just don't think it's a good assumption. Um, we're, the, the assumption is being made that the Houthis are not going to do anything. Hezbollah is kind of tired. Lebanese, Lebanon is not going to want to do anything. The Iranians are going to eventually back down. Lather, rinse, repeat. Here we go. We'll eventually bring the Israelis up for, you know, for war crimes because they're, they're going to attack disproportionately. But they don't, the world's not getting that Israel is at war. They've said they're at war. They've, they, the, the defense minister said there's a time for peace, there's a time for war. This is a time for war. They're going to destroy as use force as much as possible as they can uh, until they feel that, 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 this is, that their goals are accomplished. So uh, what's our um, – because um, uh, we talked about how we've got two aircraft carriers now and all the support that goes with aircraft carriers and 2,000 troops have put on 
and put on notice to deploy and all that. In terms of our um, assets in the region currently, how, how, how well are we stocked? Now, we're good um, from a strategic perspective and from, from putting um, air defense platforms in place to, to support Israel because what the Iranians would likely do is fire multiple uh, long-range missiles at, at Israel going to attack Tel Aviv. They, they have no capability to do any kind of a ground force. They, they couldn't get there. That, that wouldn't happen. They could unleash these terror organizations that will come from the north. So, they, so what the, the, the defense they need are Iron Dome rockets and, and, and Patriot missiles and THAAD. So that THAAD is kind of bullets hitting bullets. It's a, another complex um you know air defense system that against ballistic missiles is what is what we're doing which is fine which is exactly what we should be doing and allowing you know uh, that's our level of deterrence right now so so israel's trying to restore deterrence uh, with their neighbors and they do it disproportionately they that's why that's their level of deterrence whereas ours right now is proportional so for example we attacked these two we attacked a bunch of logistic bases inside of syria so again from a military perspective okay we took away some capacity for these militias to fight but really didn't make any kind of impact on the ground that's they're, they're going to still come back and start to attack american troops there the question is how do we escalate the way we escalate there is attacking those places inside iran and you know that that opens up another level of discussion so the president was asked on 60 Minutes a couple of weeks ago, um, we've got a war we're supporting in Ukraine, supporting the Ukrainians against the Russians. Now we've got supporting the Israels. Can we handle two different fronts? And then, of course, you've got to throw in the idea of if we are busy with those, does China decide to do anything anywhere? Can we handle all this stuff? Are we big enough and powerful enough to handle all these things at one time? Well, we could. We'd have to mobilize. We'd have to do things. You know, we'd have to create a situation where, you know, in the past 30 years, the United States has really not gone to war. The military has gone to war. So ask a military family and ask the soldiers that have been deployed, you know, three or four times over six or seven years and, and, and the, the damage that's created to the military environment because that's happened. But the United States would have to deploy. The United States would have to mobilize. And haven't seen that yet. I haven't seen that appetite yet. And that's the, that's the hard political decision that some political leader would have to make. Uh, the reality would have to kind of hit us in the face. We, we're acting different in the Middle East also because there's no nuclear power we're eventually up against, right? I mean, in, in Ukraine, we, we, we're, we're giving Ukraine the, the means so they don't lose, right? We're, we've not really given them the means for them to win because then that would tip the balance and potentially Russia does something and they have a nuclear capability. So that's out there. Um, but this, what's different here in, in the Middle East, because there's no other nuclear power there that we have to kind of face off with. Now, you brought up China. Again, who knows? Another wild card. We have to assume that they're going to sense weakness and, and countries and leaders make these calculated decisions in history about whether they go or whether they don't go. Right. Um, you know, so again, we, we you look at how World War One started. World War One started and all these bad assumptions that everybody didn't think were going to happen. Well, it sure is, this, they happened. And they happened for four years, and everybody comes saying, oh, it's going to be over by Christmas. And never never went that way. Yeah. That's where we're at right now. We're all facing off each other saying, Oh, that's not going to happen because they would never, Hezbollah would never do that, and the Iranians would never do that, and the Chinese would never do that. I mean, it's just really bad assumptions got us into those places in the past, and if we don't learn from them, then shame on us. Well, I know you're an expert in military history. I've read a lot of military history in my life. It seems like every big war in world history, 
began with the the side believing it'll be over by Christmas or summer or spring right. or whatever it was, and it doesn't yeah. work out that way. I'm looking at uh, cable news right now, and they're talking about close call with a Chinese fighter plane or whatever. They they right. uh, ran one of their ships up against a, a ship in the Philippines the other day. I just so we had Ian Bremmer, the political scientist, on uh, last mm-hmm. week, and I asked him about yeah. why wouldn't China go now? And he thought, well, mili- economically, there's just no way they're going to do that now, but. You know, it's one guy's decision, (laughs) President Xi. And if he looks at Joe Biden and thinks the guy is old and a little lost and the United States is busy, there's never going to be a better time. I just, I don't know. I can't imagine why now wouldn't be a good time. The the question is whether our country will declare war. That's what it's going to take for the country to declare war. Then we're all in. We're mobilized, National Guard units, industry changes. We're we're now providing weapons. Go back to Ukraine. We're providing weapons to the Ukraine. We're taking stuff from the 90s that was about to expire. But what we need to do now, a complete refresh of all of our defensive systems, because that's kind of happening here. Our enemies could be drawing down our supplies, and now's the time to go, if you're China, now's the time to go to war with the United States. Because we'll, we'll, you know, we're towing out in world wars for a reason, right? Because we can crank up the industrial machine pretty quickly if we have to. If you ever go to the World War II Museum down in New Orleans, you can, it's pretty amazing that you see how quickly, if the United States wanted to crank up the war machine, we could do that. But, but again, we, would, we, we end up losing the beginning of those wars, and we take a lot of, a lot of casualties because we're, just, we're not ready to the point where the enemy has got that, that capability. One more quick thing before we let you go. The um, it's three weeks tomorrow since the the, the the horror happened in Israel. I think most people probably thought they'd be in there with tanks faster than now. Does it make sense to you to to to, to, to strategically wait and get your ducks in a row like this? Yeah, it does. I sat in the desert for a couple of months in Desert Storm and then watched for 35 days an air campaign. Um, and you know, we still faced off with an enemy that had capability. I think Israel is torn between knowing that if they go large scale on the ground, um, that's not a good outcome for the hostages that are there. And I think they're doing everything they can. The raids that they're doing right now, they're doing quick cross-the-border raids to try to gather intelligence. But um, I, I think that they, they're faced with that decision knowing full well. Now, again, when the time comes, they're, they're not going to allow Hamas to hide behind civilians because they're going to say, if you're a civilian in the northern part of of Gaza, you're a combatant, right? We, everyone has been warned. You're a combatant. You, everyone has been told to get south, go south. They'll, they'll likely have no, no fire zones here. I mean, there's a reason why the Egyptians won't let the Palestinians in and the Jordanians won't let the Palestinians in. There's like, we, we, the, the rest of the Middle East does not want to help Israel solve this problem. So they're going to solve the problem by just, you know, destroying it, by flattening it. Thanks for your time today. It's good to talk to somebody who actually knows what they're talking about because, you know, my blathering is of no use. Um, <laughs> Mike Lyons, thank you very much. Thanks for having me. And as I uh, mentioned earlier, you can find him, if you want to follow him on Twitter, at M-A-G, Mike Lyons. And uh, he's one of the first places I go when anything militarily is happening to get his opinion, or you see him on CNN on a regular basis. And yeah, I saw his Twitter feed where he said, yeah, waiting, there's nothing wrong with waiting. People don't remember in retrospect that oftentimes you wait. Uh, Hitler declared war on the United States, I think it was right the day <laughs> the day after Pearl Harbor. So December 41, we weren't on the ground in Europe facing off against Nazis until June of 44. It took a long time. Uh, Japan attacked us December of 41. It was a long time. It was the next next spring before we were uh, able to like really launch an attack back. So sometimes it, it takes a while and it's a good idea to be patient, but... 
God, are we actually going to declare war against Iran? I would not be shocked at all if that doesn't end up happening. Anyway, more of other stuff on the way. Stay right here. Armstrong and Getty. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. The Armstrong and Getty Show. And now for something completely different. After talk of, you know, possible World War III and the entire country mobilizing for war, um, here is something I think we can all relate to. Uh, one herbal tea, please. Which flavor? Flavor. Uh, I don't know, jasmine? Uh, sorry, I meant for the boba. The tea comes with boba. Well, it doesn't because I see the tea right there and I see the boba over there. So why don't we just not combine them? Yeah? <laughs> the system won't let me do that. Okay. Oh. Yeah, no, fine. One boba, please. We'll call it a mental health day treat. Self-care, right? Isn't that what people call it whenever they need an excuse to do whatever the f*** they want? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no, of course you don't. Of course you don't. All right. Uh, you can scan the code. Uh, why? Because the code takes you to the app. Even though I'm already talking to the person that uh, could just take my order right here, but I got to download an app. How about this? I have cash. You have tea. Why don't we just streamline things? <laughs> we don't take cash, though. Yeah. How about cards? Take cards? Uh, yes. Oh, great. But there is a $10 minimum. So, uh, I think everybody's lived at least a portion of that situation. I know I have a variety of times. I'll tell you what, if there's one thing that makes my head explode, it's when somebody says the system won't allow for that. That their computer in front of them at the McDonald's or the Boba Tea or wherever you are says that I can't do that. What, what do you mean you can't do that? Oh, my God, that makes me crazy. Where did that come from, Katie? That Technology. Thing we just played. No, the thing we just played. <laughs> oh, oh, I thought you meant, oh, the problems in the world, Jack. Yeah. Uh, no, that's from Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Okay. Yeah, and that's Dennis. And during that. Uh, during that particular episode, he had a, an Apple Watch on, and it would beep every time his blood pressure would go up. And so every time, I, I cut it out of there because there was a lot of right. explaining to do, but right. every time she would say, oh, I'm sorry, I can't do that, you hear this beep. 
Oh, beep, that, beep. That, that, that sort of thing. And I, and I don't blame the young people because I realize they're told to use the system on their computer screen at the Starbucks or whatever. And the number of buttons or like the, the, the things that they have to tap and press. Like I said, uh, checking into a hotel room a couple of weeks ago, booked online, already paid for. Guy was still on the computer screen for like a good three minutes. Tap, 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 type in, tap, 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 another screen. Tap. What is it all? What is all that? We're at the Starbucks. Why? So I'm ordering a cup of coffee. It's just a cup of coffee. Just fill it up. Ring me up. Let me get out of here. Why do you have to? And I know it's keeping track of inventory and trying to make sure that the employees aren't stealing from them and all kinds of different reward systems and trying to sell your data. And uh, ah, I wonder if the free market will fix this. If like eventually like coffee shops will open up and say, hey, we got a regular old fashioned cash register. You walk in, you ask for a cup of coffee, we hand it to you, you give us five bucks, we give you change, blah, blah, blah. Or, or is this just the way we're going to live the rest of our lives? Oh, and that kind of fits in with the tipping thing I wanted to get into. People are tired of tipping or being asked to tip for every single transaction that they ever do. We'll get to some of that stuff on the way, uh, among other things. Hope you can stay with us. If you miss a segment, get the podcast Armstrong and Getty On Demand. Armstrong and Getty. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infinity QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Mattel just reported a massive jump in sales, thanks to the Barbie movie. Yeah, Unfortunately, uh, Hasbro's sales of Oppenheimer toys have been really disappointing. <laughs> Those two movies still tied together because of the timing of the release. We were just talking about, uh, we played a clip from a funny TV show about the frustration of ordering places at places in the modern world and... You know, are you a are you a member for the discount and we don't take credit cards and you can't order that because the system won't allow it and all that different sort of stuff. We got a couple of texts around that topic. Taco Bell no longer has menu or prices self-service at the kiosk only. Somebody else texting. I hate when you pull up the McDonald's every single time they say, will you be using the McDonald's app? It took me like the first I eat at McDonald's too often. Like the first five times they asked me that, I was like, what are you talking about? Are we, will you be using the McDonald's app? 
What do you mean? I'm here at the drive-thru now. What? I don't even know what that question means. Anyway, they're all trying to push us that direction. They've got the kiosk in the middle of the McDonald's, too. They still have the person that'll help you. So boomers like myself can uh, can walk up and still order the old-fashioned way from a human being. And they say, would you like fries with that? But I would imagine they're just weeks away from going the same direction as Taco Bell, where the only way you can order is at the kiosk, which then you're flipping through a bunch of screens and all the options don't exist. It's a lot more difficult and all that sort of stuff. But that is not that's a slightly different phenomenon than I think than some of the other stuff and that that's just a combination of the things we've been talking about. Uh, if you raise minimum wage high enough, it's it's just it just doesn't make sense for you as a restaurant to have all those human beings out there, uh, or you can afford to get the computer system because hey, they never take days off, all that sort of stuff. But that's a different topic for a different day. We'll get into that later. One more thing before I get into the meat of this segment, we're talking about the crazy guy up in Maine who shot and killed all those people, and he's actually crazy, right? His sister-in-law and other people have said that he was hearing voices. People were talking to him. He he got a set of um, super expensive hearing aids. Did you hear this story? Super expensive hearing aids that he turned up really loud. And they'd be squealing all the time because he was so paranoid that other people were talking about him. So he bought these hearing aids, even though he doesn't need hearing aids. It is his age. So that he could like listen and see if other people were talking about him everywhere he went. He was, you know, he was that kind of paranoid crazy, and that's how he ended up in a mental institution for a couple of weeks over the summer. And even though he was talking about shooting up a military base, he still had access to horrifying weapons and killed all those poor people the other night. Uh, but so the story that's out today, Katie Green was talking about this earlier that uh, they're reporting that he went through some sort of breakup or something. Did you say girlfriend or wife? It was a girlfriend. A, a, a girlfriend dumped him, lost his job at the same time. Then he uh, he cracks and, you know, anybody could. But a whole bunch of different people text uh, either speculation or information that they put him on some sort of medication. One thing that seems to be common with a lot of these mass shootings is people who are on some sort of medication for mental illness. And I know a lot of you are tying those things together and thinking that that deserves more scrutiny on, you know, your one level of depressed, unhappy, crazy, whatever you want to call it. And then they put you on this medication and something pushes you over to the edge to homicidal. And we do need to figure that out. There's a whole bunch of examples over recent years. So... I hope all this comes out when they finally catch the guy. Hopefully they find his dead body. He killed himself. But um, when this all comes out, what kind of medication he was on, what that possibly did to him. I know for a lot of you, it's all about the gun issue and the kind of gun he bought and whether or not those should be legal. Maybe we'll talk about that again another day. We're not going to do that right now. Um, What I did want to talk about is that new Speaker of the House was on Hannity last night and said a couple of really interesting things. But before we get to that, let me tell you about HelloFresh. Just in time for fall, for HelloFresh, they've got so many cool things with mouth-watering ingredients ripe and in season. And you'll taste all the freshness of fall in every bite of these chef-created recipes. Do you know how HelloFresh works? You order this stuff, it comes to your house, and uh, and you cook it up. And, like, I did one the other day, and I, I don't, I'm not a cook. I don't know how to cook anything. 
But as a, uh, a single parent now cooking for a couple of kids with the HelloFresh stuff, they've got all the ingredients there. I'll show up with a, whatever meal it is going to be in the little pre-portioned packages. And the, in, the, the instructions could not be simpler. You open this package, you put that in, you put that. This is how many minutes later you put that in. And it comes out. It's like, I cooked this? I made this? It's absolutely amazing to me. Anyway, all the fall stuff, including quick and easy options, 15-minute meals, the super fast stuff, like I did the other day, and it was great. They've got a mini pumpkin cheesecake for fall that's supposed to be really, really good. But right now, join America's number one meal kit today and get 50% off, plus free shipping with the code 50armstrong at HelloFresh.com slash 50armstrong. That's 50armstrong at HelloFresh.com slash 50armstrong. So this guy, and I can't remember his name for some reason, it's Mike Johnson. i got to memorize his name. He's the Speaker of the House of Representatives that finally got voted in the other day. Here's a little bit of him on uh, on Hannity last night. If you look at a tape of Joe Biden making an argument in the Senate Judiciary Committee a few years ago, and you, you see a speech that he delivers now, there's a difference. Um, again, I mean, it's, it's not a, a personal insult to him. It's just reality. So Joe Biden had said the other day that he said, I don't know anything about Mike Allen, but I look forward to working across the aisle with him. And um, Mike Allen says, hey, you look at a tape of Joe Biden, it's clearly he's very, very old and his speech patterns and he's losing his mind. So I don't know how that sit down is going to go. <laughs> but, you know, at least he's speaking the truth. Um, this next one on because uh, there's some speculation that he was not on board with the way we're funding Ukraine and Israel. This is what he said last night. And this is this is what's concerning to us is that we, we, we cannot project weakness of any kind on the world stage right now. This is a dangerous time for all the things going on around the world. The world is a tinderbox. A strong America is good for the whole world. And we have to project strength. I mean, Reagan used to remind us all the time. It's peace through strength. If, if America shows weakness, mm-hmm. it invites aggression by our adversaries. And that's what you're seeing around the world. So uh, I think that's a really important thing to remember. That's not necessarily what he was saying when he was just a House member, but we've seen this over and over again. Sometimes when you rise to a certain level of um, uh, power or importance, you can't, you know, you can't just play to your own audience the way you used to, and you have to be a little more grown up about things. And to my mind, the grown up view is exactly what he just said. We can't project any weakness around the world. It'll invite more trouble, and it'll cost us more. In the long run, foreign aid to Ukraine and Israel, he said, I told the staff of the White House today that our consensus among House Republicans is that we need to bifurcate those issues between Ukraine and Israel. So that's why you're going to vote on them instead of putting them together. But he did say what you just heard about how we can't allow Vladimir Putin to prevail in Ukraine. Flat out said that because I don't believe it would stop there. It would probably encourage and empower China to perhaps make a move on Taiwan. We have these concerns. So he's fairly hawkish on those two issues. On Biden impeachment, he said, if in fact all the evidence lead to where we believe it will, that's very likely an impeachable offense. So that's pretty interesting. I mean, obviously that's true. Oh, we got to get to that that latest story that we spent some time on yesterday. That is the $200,000 Joe Biden's brother gave to him. They're claiming it's a loan, but what that means to the whole Biden crime family story. Maybe we'll get to that later. Topic of gay marriage has come up a lot because this Mike Johnson, very religious guy, is not uh, not digging uh, two dudes or two women getting married to each other. But as to whether or not him being Speaker of the House is any threat to gay marriage being legal in America, NPR flat out stated it the other day. Gay marriage is back on the table on whether or not it will be allowed in the United States. No, it's not. 
This is what he said last night. This has been settled by the Supreme Court and uh, in 2015, so that's the decision. I'm a constitutional law attorney. I respect that, and we move forward. So, all right, you can shut up about that. Won't be the last time you hear about it. You'll hear about it out of Washington Post, NPR, and those kind of places forever, as long as this guy's Speaker of the House, but he has said it's settled moving forward. No wiggle room on that whatsoever. On abortion, there's no national consensus for the people on what to do with that issue on a federal issue for certain. So, again, not nearly as hardcore or uh, scary as uh, corporate media was trying to make him out to be. Um, Actually angered some of the uh, more conservative members who were hoping he was going to try to Is conservative the right term on these issues? I don't like it when we use the term conservative because it's kind of gotten lost what conservative means, what it doesn't mean. Let's just say a certain wing of the Republican Party that would like to outlaw abortion or uh, do away with gay marriage. They weren't happy with what he had to say. And then a certain big chunk of the Republican Party that is not into funding Ukraine the way we are against Russia. They weren't happy with what he had to say either. But he's, he's much more, to my mind, mainstream Republican than he was made out to be in the early hours of him getting elected the other day. Seems like I had one more thing that I wanted to jam in here. I'll get to the whole tipping thing. New study out about tipping. They thought they were fooling us, I believe, at all these little kiosks when they started putting tipping on everything. But it may have backfired and now that a lot of Americans ain't digging tipping at all. That and other stuff on the way. Stay with us. Text line 415-295-KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Did you guys see this? Today in Phoenix, uh, Uber started offering driverless rides. Even worse, uh, the driver's still there just to chat. <laughs> Lyft also has a version of driverless rides, but they just put a cinder block on the gas pedal. So I mentioned how one of the companies in San Francisco 
that was operating driverless taxis has had its rights revoked or whatever you'd want to call it because of something or other. What's the name of that? Cruise. Yeah, I believe it's Cruise. Um, uh, a severe crash on October 2nd involving a robo-taxi led to the California Department of Motor Vehicles immediate suspension of the company's driverless vehicles in San Francisco. The incident was missing from the list of autonomous vehicle collisions reported to the state regulator. Well, that's not surprising to me because everybody's so hot to trot to get driverless electric vehicles going that they're going to overlook any of the dangers to try to keep this going, but he still had a bad enough crash, apparently, to uh, have to shut it down for now. The reason I bring this up is, so my Tesla has the supposedly latest, greatest self-driving technology in it that exists, and I tried it out yesterday. So I downloaded the recent stuff over the weekend, and I tried it out yesterday on the way home. It ran a red light immediately. Oh, jeez. It wasn't, it wasn't like going through a red light, but it was one of those where um, it uh, in California you can turn right on red most of the time, but every once in a while you're at a stoplight where it won't let you turn right on red. There's a big you know, X through the yeah. turn right thing so that bikes or people can cross or whatever. Uh, I w- it was one of those, and it just went right around, I mean, and fast. I was like, holy crap, I'm glad there was nobody there, and I was kind of paying attention, kind of. Then, um, okay, fine, you know, that's a one little hiccup. Let's, let's let, let it keep going. And then it um, uh, it did pretty well. A lot of switching lanes and took the exits and did all that sort of stuff. It's pretty, it's pretty impressive, actually, that it can do that. I mean, it, it maneuvered its way through traffic, waited, got over to the right lane, took the exit, did all that sort of stuff. But then I'm out on the highway, and it's bumper-to-bumper-ish traffic, so we're not going very fast. But there was some trash on the road. And they were like um, uh, styrofoam, little flat styrofoam things. But it was there in the roadway, and it slammed on the brakes, and we just sat there. And I thought, I wonder how long we're going to sit here. And uh, I sat long enough that people started honking because I wanted to see if it would start driving again, and it wasn't going to. So I finally turned it off and, and drove the rest of the way home. But I just mentioned that to say, okay, that's I tried it once, and there were... At least three really bad decisions made by my driverless card. They're not even close to ready. I don't know. I don't. This this idea that we're going to have driverless semis crisscrossing the United States, you know, a year ago, and they put it off. We're not even close. Yeah. When you describe your car driving itself, I don't want to hear. Oh, it was pretty good. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's one thing. My kids are terrified by it. They won't let me. They they don't do it. Don't. It scares them to death. Because it just it does it does hinky things, and it's way better than it was two months ago, and it's way better, way way better than it was a year ago. But it ain't close yet. No way I no way I would sit in the back of one of those driverless vehicles where I can't grab the controls. Not a chance. No, not a chance. Mm-mm. These things can't even. They one of the things that happened in San Francisco. I remember reading it. They couldn't even identify police barricades. This one cruise car just went up to a road that the police had shut down and just kept, it it was glitching. It just kept trying to go and couldn't even tell that the cops were there going, hey, stop. And they're trying to get the driver's attention going, what are you doing? And then, oh, there's no driver. I'm not certain at this point that the technology will ever be there for driverless vehicles. Um, The assisted autopilot that I really, really like where you just, 
you flip it on in traffic and then you can kind of like check your texture or whatever and it keeps you in your lane it's not going to crash into the car behind you or anything like that that is really awesome when i'm driving my truck that doesn't have it i miss it i mean i like the switching on the automatic driving so much that i really miss it when i'm in vehicles without it now and i didn't think that would ever happen but the flat out it drives you home to your driveway i don't i don't know if that's ever going to occur Oh, it's like when you, when this was rolling out a few years ago and you saw the people that were actually asleep in their Teslas trusting <laughs> that autonomous driving. I don't it baffles me. Yeah. Well, if you're if you're in if you're in heavy traffic and you know you're going to be in your lane for like the next half hour like can happen in the San Francisco Bay Area or other parts of the country, I could do that. It it's good enough at that. I could snooze easily. I don't. My brain would not let me oh, I could go get sound past asleep. being in the driver's seat of a moving vehicle and going to I'd, sleep. I'd put on one of those little black things over my eyes. Oh, maybe geez. have some hot tea with some honey. Lean my seat back. <laughs> oh, all right. Well, I'm going to make sure I'm not on the whatever road you're on when but that's going on. But man, when it slammed on the brakes because there was this flat styrofoam thing in the road that wasn't an eighth of an inch thick, I thought, okay, we're not even close to there yet. If that's all it would take to cause a whole bunch of autonomous vehicles to screech to a halt is to toss this out on the freeway, that's that's crazy. And forgive, I've never been in a Tesla, but does the car in that situation at times, will it recalibrate and go, oh, that is just styrofoam yes. crap? Yes. Okay. Yes. Sometimes it does. Like, it'll, it'll hit the brakes kind of hard at a crosswalk when it thinks it sees some, something and they realize, oh, okay, we're fine, and then go. Okay. But, um, uh, but if yeah. it's big enough, it'll just... Or I think because this was so white and bright, it really got its attention. I'm, I'm not exactly sure. Oh. Yeah, it's it's frightening, though, and it shouldn't be frightening, not just like, well, this is not as good as it could be frightening, like, ah, you scream (laughs) so far. I've never used the self-driving option without screaming or a passenger screaming. That can't that that should be a that should be the way Elon judges it right there. How many screams per mile? (laughs) And you got to get it below a certain number of screams per mile before it's going to be something that people want to use. Right. My kids scream. Dad. Don't do it. Grab the wheel because it's like moving you around and stopping and going. <laughs> does it stop relatively smooth? Uh, or does it feel like a computer going, oh, slamming? Uh, when, when it saw that thing in the road, it stopped like, it, you know, it was a dog or a human. So it slammed okay. on the brakes. But most of the time, it's pretty smooth. I, it's it's way, like I said, it's way better than it was a year ago. Lane change is amazing that it's watching. It's waiting for a, for a gap. It either accelerates or slows down, moves over there smoothly. I mean, as good as as good as I could do. It's really, really impressive that it does that. But you know, there's glitches, and you got to get rid of all the glitches, like every single one of them, like blown around the corner in a red light when I was supposed to go. Crap! And I don't even what what even happens if I hit a guy in a bike and I say it was. I, I don't think I get any credit for saying it was an automatic driving. I'm supposed to take over. Yeah, it was the car. Yeah. Oh, boy. Just pointed out for anybody who hasn't tried it, we're not there yet. And this weird thing of the DMV not being notified of a pretty severe crash in San Francisco. Y'all know why that is. It's because these governments, especially in the blue states, are so excited about driverless vehicles, which are electric vehicles. And, uh, and, you know, moving us that direction, they're going to overlook some of this stuff. So we got to keep our eye out for that, definitely. It was frightening when it slammed on the brakes, though. People honking at me. Anyhow, a lot of people hate Teslas anyway, so I'm sure they really enjoyed yelling at me because I'm in a Tesla. 
We got a problem with pharmacies in this country. If you've been to a pharmacy at all recently, you know that. It ain't the pharmacist's fault either. USA Today, the great article about that for hour three, among other things. Stay with us. Armstrong and Getty. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. And that makes us FACET for life now, I guess. <laughs> Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview Great Falls offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity.